You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. If you're updating your closet for summer, you need dependable clothes that you can wear anywhere, whatever you're doing. And for that, you can look to American Giant. American Giant makes clothing of exceptional quality for people who want something more than the status quo offers. Whether you need to re-up on reliable everyday t-shirts, pick up a solid pair of shorts, or invest in a pair of durable jeans, American Giant is a better choice. They make everything right here in the USA from start to finish. So when you buy from American Giant, you become part of creating jobs and improving local communities in towns and cities all across the country. And keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Shop your new summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is going to feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody please put a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. We are fresh back from the carnival, fam. Uh, I'm going to ask Charlie how he's doing after being dunked in the poisoned water. <laughs> I, I don't think... Like, we'll, we'll just get right into it. It was a good time. We had a really good time at the carnival. It just so happened. Of, the timing was very comical. Uh, but let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. It was a lot of fun being at that carnival. And uh, we are... Today is the 29th. Two, three, three days away from the launch of the new Broad Street Hockey, which is probably not going to go smoothly. So everyone has to be nice to me for the next week or I will dissolve into a fine mist. Thank you for your cooperation. Kelly is Kelly is doing real well. Uh, most of her hair hasn't fallen out. Uh, <laughs> she's not just breaking down into convulsions most of the time. No, I think everything's going to go well. You've been doing a great job with everything, Kelly. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing BSH 2.0. Uh, 
I mean, yeah. nothing changes for me, right? So, like, I'm happy either way. Nah, everybody else is just going to keep doing stuff. It's just me. <laughs> I'm going to die. But we, we do have the fun tailgate on April 9th, so everybody getting ready for that. That's also only, like, a week away-ish, week and a half. <laughs> that That's going to be a good one on Easter Sunday. Make sure you're in Lot G for the tailgate. That's I would like be. to point out that Dylan uh, Philaticus on Twitter.com purchased nearly $800 of meat for this event. That's so, some meat. True. So if you are on the fence, you can at least come and get some meat. And from the athletic.com, <laughs> I was going to say speak, What an intro. I was going to say I was really going to say and speaking of meat, uh oh from the athletic.com, <laughs> Charlie O'Connor yeah, I guess I'll go back to the, the carnival, which was fun. Uh, I have now been dunked by Gritty via, like, a flying kick. Pretty That's wild beautiful. shit. Not gonna lie. It, it was <laughs> it was iconic. I'm glad to have participated. Uh, on the other side, so I was in the dunk tank for a half an hour from 12.15 to 12.45. Then Bill Matz was supposed to get in the dunk tank. This guy walks up with his full-on... <laughs> orange blazer truly some incredible <laughs> shit as i'm getting about to get out of the dunk tank i see him and I'm, you gotta be freaking kidding me man a legend Th- that's people were like are you really wearing jeans it's like yeah it's, i'm not no i didn't wear a bathing suit i didn't plan ahead like i just i wear jeans every day and oh, i wait, brought so that jeans was, to this so that wasn't like i just assumed you purposely wore jeans i no. You oh no yeah think I about did, it yeah oh okay okay no i, I had like a whole change of clothes i was just I was just like, oh, this will be funny, but, like, I didn't account for how, like, when when you get wet, your clothes cling to you, and sometimes, as you're getting up out of a pool, your ass might be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the bottom, I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't think, like, the bottom of the tank you'd be able to see in there, but, like, Ava's like, you have to, like, pull up your pants as soon as you hit the water. Like you're you're mooning people. You should like, oh, well, this is a family. Like, I guess you were in jeans. I wore like like essentially gym shorts, so I just tied it real tight. Yeah, yeah. That was so that, that was, was my it was play. a good time. It was it was. I, people I, I, asked me a lot. They were like, "Was it cold?" And I'm like, "Actually, the water was unbelievably warm. The coldest part, shocking. Was, the coldest part was after you got wet, and then you're sitting on the dunking board." And you're like, okay, I am actually kind of on a hockey floor. This is a little chilly. Can someone dunk me? No, when, when, when like a couple kids in a row don't hit the thing, you're like, kind of been up here a while. Getting a little chilly. Yeah, right. Kind of, kind of would like someone to put me back in. Uh, but it was really fun. Uh, it, whoever edited the show, I don't know if it was Kelly or Steve, but it got up like immediately. Sounded great. Oh, way to go, me. Kelly. Uh, excellent work. We had like. Thanks. You know, three hours of footage, and it, it got it down to like an hour twenty of uh, all the great interviews we had. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. Uh, it was it was cool though to get to. Like, I, I said this on that show. We can be as mad as as we are at the Flyers themselves, but like the Carnival, it's just one of those reminders of why they're special, why yeah. we love them so much. It is important. Uh, like. It's a bigger deal. And not, you know, obviously what they do on the ice is the thing that matters most. But 
the Flyers are something more than a hockey team. And I yes. think everyone recognizes that. And when you go to get to participate in an event like that, uh, whether it's being in the dunk tank or just being invited and getting to do our live show, whatever it is, you know, meet with all the fans there, it's it's special. And it was a really cool event. I'm glad we got to do it. Um we joked about how well the team is doing and how it probably makes probably makes it a little easier for everyone there, you know. Oh, you know. Well, now they're five one and they went they just finished up their homestand at five one and one, five oh and one in their last six. Um <laughs> how are we feeling about this? That's it's for me, I'll tell you, it's bittersweet because yes, losing is good. We want them to lose. But when it's Frost and Farabee and Tippett's and uh, Tippett's Tippett and Cates and Forrester and York, like, uh, how that's not bad. Like you need those players to be good. Them playing well is not a negative, even though you'd like for them to just be like the fifth worst team in the league. I mean, I am holding both of these thoughts in my head at the same time. I am simultaneously enjoying the way the Flyers look on the ice right now for the most part, particularly the young guys, and also being extremely annoyed that these idiots keep winning games when it would really behoove them to lose more. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Like Tort said, they're not going to lose. They don't want to, so they're going to try. That's, yeah. I I think the way I look at it and the reason why – I mean, number one, I'm not a fan. But number two, like, the reason why it doesn't, like, irritate me as much as it does other people is that, like, this decision was made way back last summer that they weren't going yeah. to tank. and that We knew was, this is what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, like, that decision was made by their, their choice not to sell off a bunch of vets and to hire John Tortorella, who was not going to let anybody quit because if they quit, he would literally, like, drag them out of their bed and hang them (laughs) like this was never going to happen so like it doesn't come as a major shock to me that they're not tanking because they purposely did what they could to avoid doing that so like yeah it would be great (laughs) if they had accidentally tanked and ended with a a top three pick and hey maybe they'll get lucky in the lottery and get a top two pick anyway but like this was in this was basically an inevitability by the decisions they made. It's, and th- th- this is just us riding out the wrong decisions that were made last summer yeah. to its logical mm-hmm. conclusion, more than like being mad at the players and the coach for doing what they were supposed to be doing in the first place. It just seemed like a couple of weeks ago, you know, they were playing well and then the wheels really started to fall off and it just kind of seemed like, all right, now they're going to be like a bottom five, bottom three, four team. They had a shot. Things are going to really, things are really going to unravel, and they just haven't. And while again, that would be good for the lottery odds. The goal in hiring John Tortorella was to instill a a work ethic, and that you know that that try real hard, just be tryhards, be pains in the ass, and basically that's what. No, oh, like, that's wrong, what though. they are at this point. The yeah. season is, I don't think it's, like, a shock that when teams were starting to get revved up for the playoffs, like, all right, coming into the new year, coming into, like, out of the all-star break, you start feeling it. You're rejuvenated. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The good teams just start killing everyone, and the Flyers look like shit. 
And now it's just a slog to the end. The playoff teams are like, can we please just get to the fucking playoffs? Everyone's tired. The Flyers play really hard every night. So yeah. when you run into a tired team that really is just looking ahead to the playoffs, you're going to beat them. And they've been doing it. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, like, I really saw I'd that. rather they lose, but I get why they're winning, and it makes, like, it's not bad. Yeah, no. I really saw that in a big way the last two games. And in the sense that, so they played against Detroit, and they played against Montreal. Those are two teams that they're not being coached to, like, try hard or you literally won't see the ice ever again. So, like, <laughs> like they're skating around, like, there's, you, know, they, you know what they're doing? They're, those two teams were skating around. They're not going to make the playoffs. They were skating around like the Flyers did the final month of last season and the season before that. Where it's like, yeah, they're, they're literally play- just playing out their schedule. Yeah, like they're playing, and like it's cool if they score a goal. Like they're not gonna be not happy, but they're they're thinking about you know what they're gonna do when they get home for the season. That's where their head is really at. Yeah. This Flyers team, for better or worse, their heads are all at how do I not piss off that guy? Because if I piss yeah. him off, like I don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. Well, like, Marty St. Louis running a fucking day camp over there. <laughs> like, every, oh, well, yeah, they suck, but everyone just feels really good. Like, all right. <laughs> You're one of the worst teams in the league, though. But, like, this is this is uh, you, what the Flyers wanted. They wanted, as you said, yeah. to do this whole culture thing, and they feel like instilling their viewpoint, basically, is that instilling culture and this attitude and whatnot is more important than picking fifth instead of eighth. And maybe they're right, but, like, that's their bet. And, yeah, like, you know, you, you, could, you could win the lottery at eight, you could win the lottery at five. There's not going to be a favor to do either. They're not bad enough. No. They weren't going to be bad enough to have to be the first or second best odds anyway. And the Flyers' bet is that it does it helps us more to, to fix the culture than it does to give us, you know, five percentage points better odds at first and at worst case scenario we fall to seventh in the draft order this year that's their bet they like might the, be wrong but that's their the bet. Fly- like just by standings the flyers would pick seventh right now like you, you look at the bottom four teams like arizona has a 14 point lead on columbus they're sixth one behind the flyers like those bottom four columbus chicago san jose and anaheim are in a different world of shit than yeah. even Montreal, Arizona, Philly. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. levels to this thing. Oh, there are. <laughs> and the Flyers just aren't... They're just not nearly as bad. And no. one thing I will say about, like, that tanking culture, instilling the losing... Coming into this year, I didn't give a shit about the culture because, like, who's gonna be here? None of these guys. And I think several players have kind of at least extended the amount of time I'd like to see them. Like I, I'm yeah. not saying, oh That's yeah, charitable. oh no, Noah Cates, Noah Cates, without a doubt, is my fucking like whatever. Pencil him into into the lineup when the team's good again. But yeah, want to see more Noah Cates? Like uh, Owen Tippett, what, I think he is the guy who's like, yeah, gonna need him when they're good. Like yeah. there are guys who maybe coming in we were eh on, and they've given themselves an opportunity, and I'd rather. I don't know about rather. I still would just have. I'd prefer to have really good fucking players, um, you know, drafting at one or whatever. But uh, teaching guys that losing is good isn't good. 
It's not a great way to go about building a team. I mean, you could argue, though, that tanking doesn't really require you to teach your players to lose. But that's a whole other thing that, as Charlie said, doesn't matter because they decided last summer they weren't going to do that. Like, there was a front office. If you were going to do it at this point now, where it's like they do in the NBA... Like, oh yeah, players don't tank, but we can just tell the players you're not playing tonight. Yeah, you know they do that all the they do that all the time in the NBA. The last couple weeks of the season, especially, they're just like, yeah, you're off tonight. Good luck. Uh, We're just gonna, yeah, you're not gonna try to lose, so you're not gonna play, and we're gonna play worse players. And the Flyers aren't gonna do that either. Like Owen Tippett, unless he gets hurt, is playing the rest of the season. You know, they're not gonna. All right, we've beaten this to death. Um, I guess we haven't actually, I guess we haven't actually talked about Dave Scott retiring. No, we no. Like, this is that happened like two pretty days ago. wild. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we expected it. You know, it's been rumored, uh, but the idea that in in a year's time, and I don't, I can't remember who tweeted this, but brand new coaching staff, we're getting a new GM. There's going to be a new president. And now a new CEO. That's that's some rollover. Now whether they hire the right people, whether those people actually know what they're doing, time will tell. But if you want to change, you've gotten a decent amount of it over the last year. You know, maybe not the change you wanted, but you got something. I know I've given this particular bit of advice before, and it's never actually been correct, but maybe this time. In the sense that, I feel like this is one of those times. I know a lot of Flyers fans still look at this team with like a bit of side eye and don't trust them to not fuck everything up. And like, that's fair. But also when they start doing all of the things that we wanted them to do, it's okay to like be a little excited about the direction of things. Like, do we know if it's going to work yet? No, but We've been saying for years now that we want you to fire Chuck Fletcher. We want Dave Scott to fuck off. We want the stupid tribunal out of the front office. It appears that that's going to happen too. Like all of the things that we wanted to happen are happening. So the like, first domino has fallen. Coatsy retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been saying for years, get him out of there. No, I'm just kidding. We've all said um, for the longest time, you know what's really the matter? Steve Coates. Steve Coates. Yeah. <laughs> No, Steve Coates He's is the best. He's been a problem for Although, decades. Just, I, I just a legend. Say, just the as best. Mu- as much as I love Steve Coates, I swear to God, the offseason the Flyers had last summer, like, that w- that offseason was if you made Steve Coates the GM. Like, <laughs> like get Tony Angelo. Get me Nick Delorier. Johnny Goudreau, too small. Not going to be good in the playoffs. Like, it was a Steve Coates offseason. Has he? Oh my God! We've been, sit- we've been sitting here, here blaming. We've been sitting here blaming Bobby Clark for all no. this time. It was fucking Coatsy. It was Coatsy. No, but yeah, it's. I, I'm not giving the Flyers any benefit of the doubt because they've given me zero reason to believe the choices they make are going to be right. Yeah, but it is good that they've started changing. Like the. It, 
I'm I'm not denying that that this rollover has happened. I wish the GM wasn't someone who played for the team before. But you know, I'm listening to 32 pot uh, 32 thoughts the other night, and the way they're talking about Danny Briere, I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Uh, I, Dan, I, 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 what's this yeah. guy's Dan Hilferty? Dan, Dan Hilferty. Hilferty. I think the best way I can yeah. put it is that I don't know if this stuff is going to work. But one thing I do know is all the stuff that they were doing before wasn't going to work. So, like, this might not work, but at least it might. Because the old stuff, there was no way that was going to work. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's putting it perfectly. None of us have the crystal ball. And Danny Briere, like, Danny Briere could be a great GM and just the, the... the pieces never align and he moves on and wins a cup somewhere else in five. You know, like there's no crystal ball. We have no idea. It's good that they're changing things. And then really the, the fact that Dan Hilferty, um, has watched a hockey game before assuming the role one. as yeah. Yeah. Like he, he likes sports. He's a fan. I don't know if any of that actually matters, nah. but the fact that it matters to him when a major complaint is Comcast doesn't give a shit. While, yes, they're funneling in all sorts of money they spend to the cap, it was always personal for Ed Snyder. We liked that. You you don't want Jerry Jones to be a meddling owner, but you do kind of want someone who cares a little bit. Yeah, the problem, though, is that I think that Flyers fans, because of how involved Ed Snyder was, in their mind... Think of this role, this Dave Scott role, this now Hilferty role, as like almost like a general manager in the sense that they should be doing things and making things happen and like involving themselves. And in reality, Hilferty's only job is to do what every rich asshole CEO executive's job is, which is hire the smartest, most competent people for the positions that need to be filled and let them cook. And that's where Dave Scott fucked up. He did not hire the right people. And then he did not fire those people once it was abundantly clear that they were not the right people. All Hilferty do is has is, has to do is not do that. Like yeah. He doesn't need to know about hockey. He doesn't need to know who Danny Breer needs to trade in the offseason in order to improve the Flyers. That's Danny Breer's job. Hilferty just needs to make sure that he has the resources, and that if people are shitty at their jobs, they get fucking fired. And that's what hasn't been happening with the Flyers for the last, like, decade. So I think, And so maybe this guy will do that. I think the benefit of Hilferty actually, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that Dan Hilferty is some hockey genius expert. Like, he's, he's He just doesn't need guy. someone to teach him. Yeah. He's a corporate guy. <laughs> but, like, he does like hockey. He has watched hockey his whole life. He is a hockey fan. Knows the offside. The the problem (laughs) with Dave Scott in the way everything happened was that he really wasn't. So when he took over, when he took over Comcast Spectacor, there was a feeling among the older guard, first it was when Snyder was still around, then when Snyder passed, that if Dave Scott was going to run Comcast Spectacor, he kind of needed to be taught hockey. Like, Bill Barber, and I was told this years ago, like, it was it was told kind of like, this is kind of funny, but, like, basically Bill Barber is, like, the guy who is, his job is to teach Dave Scott hockey. Like, that's his job. And the thing is, is that, like, 
Dave Scott, understandably, because by all accounts, Dave Scott's a decent enough person. Like, he liked these guys because they were nice to him and because, like, they helped him. So when they gave him advice, Dave Scott's thing is that, look, I'm a corporate suit who five years ago didn't understand the finer points of offside. I might look at this thing and think it's bad. But if Bill Barber and Paul Holmgren are telling me, no, it'll actually be fine, don't worry, I'm going to trust them because they know a hell of a lot more than I do, which was true. The problem was that they didn't know enough or at least didn't fully grasp the how bad the situation was because they were in it that they weren't going to be the ones to tell him, you got to pull the plug on this shit. Shit's real, real bad beyond repair. Hilferty at the like very When you least, have someone getting a zero on a test, the person who gets a 60 still failed. They know more, though. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Hilferty at the very least, like, is not going to be, like, he knows hockey well enough to be confident that, like, if you get two straight seasons like the last two, like, head's got to roll. Because this is bad, and it and it's like I might not know exactly who's fucking up, but there are a lot of people that are fucking up, and people need to go. Like that's the difference I think here. Yep. And that's it's important so much. I think like a, a week or two ago we made the point. You know, Clark and Barber and Holmgren, they've all felt as if they're you know honoring the legacy of Ed Snyder, and it's like Ed Snyder would have fired all of you. Yep. <laughs> the the way things have been going, like he would not have put up with this shit for a minute. <laughs> the, the team missing the playoffs four years in a row, like no, no, you'd you'd be flipping burgers, dude. Like you're not honoring Ed Snyder in the least by doing that. Uh, but it looks as if they are turning the page. This organization yeah. is turning the page. Time will tell if. The next chapter is better than the last, but as Charlie said, it's going to be hard to do worse. You know, I mean, oh, I be fully believe do... it could be worse. We it's just have that, like, said that before. <laughs> at least there is a chance that this could be better. Whereas just doing the same yeah. shit over and over again, you know, they say it's the definition of insanity. And it was. It was insane yes. to think that, like, the same structure was going to magically start working after it was a freaking disaster for quite a few years in a row like you need to make changes they're making changes and like i don't think that they're going like everything i've heard is that like it's not like dan hilford is going to come in and be like bob paul bill get the fuck out of here never come back like he grew up a flyers fan he respects these guys but like just by the very nature of how this is happening like they're not going to have the same in that they had right. with dave scott because they were, you know, friends with him and they could talk to him, particularly Bill Barber. Like, it's just going to be different. Like, they'll be around. And this is another reason why, like, I don't want the hockey ops guy to be, like, someone with a lot of Flyers ties. Because that could be a way yes. for those guys to get to end yes. around Hilferty. Like, like I don't, yeah. I don't know Ray Shiro well enough to know how close he is. I know he's Fred Shiro's no. son. And I Too worry, close. Nope. And, and, and I worry that, like, hey— Ray Shearer honestly might be a really good president of hockey ops anywhere else. I'm not sure if it can be here here because he might still have to be the one who listens to those guys and takes their word. No, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you mentioned Ray Shearer because it's the name that's come up a couple of different places 
who every listen, fucking writer maybe, who has yes, him in their and, phone already is dying it, for Ray Shiro to be the fucking guy. Please, God, no. Like, I don't, there has to be, if he's the best candidate, there has to be someone just as good as him. There has to be. I think while he is a former flyer. Well, he's not um, a former flyer. He's son of a No, 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 no. that's, his dad, I, I'm, while Eric Lindros is a former flyer, it would be the best fuck you to Bob so Clark good. ever. So good. I like, want That would it. be the best. That would that's be so great. That's but the one I, I would accept because I, I, I well, would very I mean, much. In, in fairness, Lindros, I think would definitely still listen to Holmgren because mm, yeah, yeah they're pals. Ish, yeah. yeah. He brought him back. back he definitely no, won't I, listen to Clark. I very yeah, much they, want. They still don't like each other. <laughs> I very much want non-flyers as much as humanly possible. And like, doesn't Shiro's uh, grandkid already have a nebo baby job with the Flyers? Like, yeah, how many a, of them yeah. do we need? He's a scout. Yeah, I'm sure he was very <sighs> qualified for that position, too. Ouch. <laughs> I, like, I just... It's just, can we not... Like, oh, yeah, he, he's not a Flyer. Like, his dad is the Flyers! Yeah. Like, what do we do? Words I just, inscribed on the walls and shit. We do yeah. not need him. No, like, I, I, maybe thing, like, I he's just, the best guy for the job, but... There has I to just, be someone else. I just want someone who can come in there, come in here, and like won't feel beholden to upholding the preconceived notion of what the Flyers have to be. Yes, that to me yes. is the key. Like you're already going to get a little bit of that with Danny, but hopefully not too much. The other guy, I really don't want him to be like, well, we have to do this because we're like. I never want to hear this explanation on a 32 Thoughts podcast ever again when the Flyers sign or trade for a guy and hear, man, he just feels like a Flyer, you know? Like, that just makes Such sense. Like, that, that makes me want to punch a fucking wall. Because, like, could that work? Like, yes, Mike Richards, he was a traditional Flyer, and he was freaking great. But, man, there are so many ways you can screw that up. And often, they've been doing the bad stuff. It's been 50 years since it's worked. Like, 50 years. And I know I'm, I'm fast-forwarding ahead. A, something new. I, I know I'm fast-forwarding ahead a couple of years. I Not think that we many. can chalk it up as, I think we can chalk it, as, uh, chalk it up as they're getting to 50. You know, I, I don't think they're winning one of the next two. Um, <laughs> something that has been, I guess, the biggest story in Flyerland the last oh, couple of days Charlie's absolute favorite subject. Yeah, Charlie, do you know who's going to be the captain? Oh my god! That's, I was actually, I was actually gonna, I was gonna open the show and ask you, Charlie from theathletic.com. He knows who the captain's going to be, Charlie O'Connor. Like, uh, I, I think this is masterful by John Tortorella. Um, there may be a captain next year. There may not be. But by saying to everyone right now, there's not going to be a captain, at least, I mean, it's going to get asked again. But in his mind, he's not going to be asked about... Yeah, it's going to come up, but in Tortorella's mind, it won't come up until someone is given the C or next season ends. Like, he's already answered the question, get over it. I think it's masterful by John Tortorella to... To try to get out ahead of his biggest annoyance. 
look, I mean, I'm of the opinion that while the captaincy is not completely absent of value, it does have value. It is important. The players value it. The players think it's important because of what it means. You know, it's it's that like, you know, you are the designated leader. You have earned this. It's an honor. That said, it infuriates me how much fa- how much stock fans place in the sea as this like magical way that teams play better and the flyers i got news for everyone for at least the next two years i would say that's probably like the best case scenario they ain't going to be good and i am perfectly fine with that section of the fan base not having one dude on the team that they can decide sucks and doesn't care and isn't a good leader because he happens to be the captain of a bad hockey team that you could literally put, like, the Frankenstein monster of Chris Pronger, Michael Ruzioni, Steve Iserman, Jonathan Taze into one entity, and the Flyers would still fucking suck. You know how you get around that? You got to make one of the the Chud players the captain. Like, like Risto has to be the captain, and then their little brains will explode <laughs> because they won't know what to do. If they have to say that Risto's a bad leader and he's why the team's bad, that will make their little heads hurt. Yeah, like, so slap that's it really... on Brendan Lemieux, man. <laughs> yeah, give it to Tony. Don't give towards any ideas about giving it to Tony, man. I was going to say, he probably loves he would love <laughs> meatballs to have that C. Don't put that idea in his head. No, Paisons. I will... S- because it does have this intangible meaning, the captaincy is an honor. And we're talking about the C that Bobby Clark wore, the C that Claude Giroux wore, the C that Eric Lindros wore. I don't want to just slap it on somebody. Nah. Like, the the idea of having a captain, like, oh, well, we have a captain. Who gives a shit? Put it on the next great fucking leader or the next great player who clearly isn't here yet. And if he is, like, it doesn't, like, okay, Scott Lawton wears the C or not. It's not going to make him anything but a third liner. You know? Like, I, I, I don't, I was happy when they put it on Claude Giroux. And just said, that's it. Should you always put it on your best player, your franchise guy? No, sometimes it should go to somebody who's more of that intangible leader. But to after there'd been just upheaval with the C for like several seats, like it'd been a while since they had a steady captain. You know, going back to the lockout. Um I was just happy to say guy wore it for a long time. Yeah, Richards was like the guy. Richards was was the last guy. And then and then they traded him. Well, yeah, like, but I'm just saying, been... like, he was the last guy that, like, it. I feel like it meant something that he had yeah. Yeah, before Giroux. But I, I was just glad, like, you put the C on Giroux, and now that's where it stays as long as he's a flyer, which is hopefully forever. It wasn't, but it was a long time. I, I, I don't want the next captain to have it for two years, and then, oh, yeah, well, we're changing directions. Like, I want it to mean something. And it won't if you give it to someone who's on the team right now. Well, honestly, the way that – I mean, to be quite honest, the way that they've done it in the past is, I think, part of the reason why Flyers fans have such broken brains over this is because traditionally, I feel like the last time this wasn't the case was, like, Jason Smith. Like, it's been going – it goes to the best player on the team. And I don't really think that's the best way to do it because then it's very easy for a fan to say – 
Claude Giroux is our best player. If the team is shit, why isn't he making them better? And he's also the captain, so you throw that on it too. Like, if they did make Lawton the captain, that might be the best thing they've done in a while because Scott Lawton is very demonstrably not the best player on the team. Scott Lawton is not meant to turn a game around or be a game breaker. Like, he's not that guy. But he is a leader. And so maybe if you do that, rather than giving it to Couturier if he comes back, then at least you allow Flyers fans to, like, maybe realize the difference between best player and captain because for so long it's been married here and no one seems to know what to do with that. And it gets annoying in Charlie's mentions. From a pure marketing (laughs) perspective, like you're going to sell plenty of Giroux jerseys because he's the best player on the team. Sean Couturier jerseys because now he's the best player on the team. Uh Hope so. Scott Lawton, I bet you don't. I bet you don't sell a ton of Scott Lawton jerseys. You slap that C on there. Suddenly, yeah, it's will. a cool jersey to own. I don't know. That's my thing. Has always been with making the best player the captain. And Claude Giroux flew in the face of this because he never got star calls. Was not treated like a star by the officials. But my thing has always been. I want my best player to be the one who talks to the ref so he has the relationship with all the officials. And maybe there's something to that, but Claude Giroux clearly misproved that because he'd get hit from behind all the time, and they'd be like, oh, he dove. It's like, really? His head's bleeding. All right. (laughs) Uh, Play on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, my... What I've heard about why Tortorella has not named a captain, because I do believe that, like, Lawton is the closest thing there is. He's yeah. it, he's basically the de facto captain right now because he's the only guy that's wearing a letter at all. But if Tortorella is going to name a captain, Tortorella wants it to be someone who can kind of be like an extension of himself in that, like, they're oh willing to, you know, like, hold people <laughs> oh accountable and, you know, yell in someone's face and that kind of shit. And... Lawton, for all of his strengths as a leader, he's not that guy. Like, that's not him. And I understand where Torts is coming from. I don't really agree because, to be quite honest with you, like, there aren't that many of those guys out there. And if you're waiting for one of them, you might be waiting for hell. Like, this might just be a thing where, like, Torts just never names a captain because he never finds someone and then he gets fired and the next coach names a captain because the team's better and – they this new coach doesn't feel like he has that like have a captain who is Tortorella Jr. But I think that's kind of what he's looking for right now, and no one on the team is that. Oh boy, I love this team. I really do. It's that's kind of always, incredibly annoying. I'm gonna be honest. It's just always <laughs> something, you know. It's just always something. Uh, Tortorella Jr. But no, I mean I've long said. John Tortorella is not going to be the coach of this hockey team when they're good again. So, honestly, it doesn't matter who he thinks the captain is or isn't or should or shouldn't be because he's not going to be here, at least in that capacity. Could he be uh, in in a hockey ops role or something else? Absolutely. In fact, I expect him to be. But uh, when they're good at, like, is he going to be the coach for five more years? No. John Tortorella can't coach somewhere for five, six seasons. He'll kill somebody. Like, Morgan Frost will quit hockey. Morgan Frost will get his real estate license. He'll be like, nah. You know what would be easier? You know what would be easier? Not doing this. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk about Morgan Frost. Um, He's 
we have a couple questions about him, and I want to get to our mailbag in a bit. Uh, we have a decent number of those questions. But he has been pretty good for almost like 58 games, or for almost 50 games now. Like, last, he's got 33 points in his last 48 games, has that sick game winner last night. Um, he's, what is he? I still don't know if he's, like, actually good. Like, we say Iowa, I always refer to it as the Kyle Calder. Like, someone has to score. Someone has to score. Uh, like, Owen Tippett, I'm looking at him, I'm like, he's fucking good. Morgan Frost, I still don't know. Like, I, I, guess I, a, I don't know. It depends on, I guess, what you, like, by what metric are we determining good? Like, he's probably, like, he seems like a solid third liner. And like, like you uh, need right, those. By the metric so, of he's the best player on the third line and you have a good third line. Could be. Yeah, maybe. Probably not. But I think he could be a third Second line best. center. <laughs> yeah, I he could he, be a third I, line center. I think he's a passable third line center right now. Like, if you're asking me what and I know this is like kind of mean because we all hated him, but like if you're asking me what I rather have for one season, like next season, would I rather have like 2017 2018 Valtteri Filppula who was a third line center for the Flyers when they made the playoffs or oh, you know no. Morgan Frost of next year I would take Morgan Frost every day and twice on Sundays like I would Morgan Frost is a passable third line center can he be more than that eh, I guess we'll see but does he need to be he doesn't need like to be some right some yeah. players are third liners and you need good third liners it would be nice to have an entire team of first liners, but like none of the teams have that. But that's is he a third liner on a good team? I get yeah, like I think that's so. the like yeah. okay. I mean there's some I mean, like fuck like Vegas had Chandler Stevenson as their number one center for a season. Like there aren't a ton of centers around the league that are. Uh, he did just kind of have a wild. He had a wild season, and then, but ultimately, it's like why they didn't go that far. But, but no, I I, like, I understand. There aren't I understand. that many centers. There aren't. Like that's why they're and very much in demand. And there's none on be, the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, if Frost can be a passable third line center for four or five years. Like sure, I would like to see him. Be Our better best than that. center. Our best center, the coach, has come out and said he's not a center. He's not a center so yeah, it must be very it difficult. It must be pretty hard to find. Are you talking about no. Noah Cates or no? No, well, he's definitely. A I know. He's the wing who the, the <laughs> coach decided kidding. was actually a center. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that Frost this year, and he's to be clear, like when I say he's he's played like a third line center, like that's not how he's been used. He's been used like a top six center because they don't have anybody else. But like right. when I like. It's not like he's being used as a third-line center and therefore I'm saying he could be a fine third-line center. It's that he's being used as a 1C or a 2C, and I look at him and say, well, he's clearly not that on a good team. But on a good team, as a third-line center, yeah. Yeah, like he could make that work. And he's still only 23, so maybe he gets a little bit better. Do so, we think... Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, I was go, gonna, ahead go ahead. I just feel like... Maybe there was something to the fact that he was hurt all the time, and this year he was not. Yeah, probably. Like maybe no, that's just it. it. Absolutely, definitely. Hurt him. Yeah, he missed a year. Yeah, and then and there was the pandemic. So like, yeah, he he basically missed a year and a half because the world shut down for a year. Exactly. No, it's that certainly stunted his development. There's no doubt about that. I just, you know. I, 
I feel like I have my mind made up about Tippett. Like, oh, yeah, really want this guy. Still don't know if that's the fact with, um, as my dog chokes on drinking water. Well, uh, still don't know best. if that's like. Well, well Bill, yeah. to, to make it clear, you're not alone because that's very much John Tortorella's opinion as well. Well, yeah, yeah, John Tortorella doesn't like Morgan Frost, does he? John Tortorella, really like not him. a big Morgan Frost guy. Like, even I, I, I wrote an article last night, was published this morning on theathletic.com. Please subscribe about the Morgan Frost situation. And it's just funny because, like, even when he is seemingly giving him credit, he finds ways to slip in little things where you're like, okay, it's clear you really don't like this guy. Like, let me read some of these quotes because they're real. Real funny. When you Let's when you it. really listen close. Okay, here we go. We know he has skill. This was last night. Um, he goes, we know he has skill. We need to keep on seeing the skill. For a coach to put a player on the ice that he's still not sure of, that other stuff has to be sound. And I think he's really improved there. So it's like, yeah, he's got skill. I'm still not sure of him, but like, you know, I'm throwing him out there and we're going to see what happens. Then there was another one. Let me see if I can find the other one that I cited in. Um, where was it? It was real good. Um, yes, here we go. Because I had a back and forth with him on Friday of last week about Frost. And it was my, my interpretation. Because he basically was like, look, I've had my issues with Frost. However... Everybody in the organization is telling me that he's way better than he was two years ago. I've seen him improve from the start of this year to the end of this year. So I really should be more patient with him. I acknowledge that. To me, that was very much a response to Danny Briere, who I do believe is much more sold on Morgan Frost than John Tortorella is. And Danny Briere just took over the GM job. And Danny Briere probably had a conversation with Torts and was like, look, like I get that you're not a big fan of this guy. I think higher of him than you do. And I'm the GM, so, like, maybe try to, like, give it a little bit more effort and try to make it work. That was my interpretation. So that was the, the background. But he goes this. He goes, that's basically what I'm saying. Being fair to him. You got to be fair to him. I don't want to grind him and turn him into a perfect player and say, yeah, like, that perfect player is the guy we need here or that we want here. And here's the kicker. I need to be fair. Because there are a lot of players I'm really interested in being here who are inconsistent also. That's when I got to watch myself. So he's basically saying, like, you know, I got to take a step back and be like, the guys that I like, they're inconsistent too. Because Morgan <laughs> Frost is not a guy that I like. And I get frustrated when he's inconsistent. And I get more frustrated because I don't like him. And I cut guys like Tip at a break when they're inconsistent because I like them. And he's basically just straight up saying, like, I don't really like this guy. Why do you think is it John is? Tortorella, is John Tortorella, like, the most mentally healthy person you've, like, he's <laughs> the most self-reflective, like, he knows what's going on in his own mind and can articulate it better than anybody I've ever met. Not holding a lot in, either. He's really expressing no. himself. <laughs> no, he's a healthy guy. But like, he's I bet he lives, like, like, I bet he outlives me. He might. But you see what I'm getting at, how, like, if you listen to what he says, it's obvious yes, that, yes. like, even when he's saying good things about Morgan Frost and he's trying to cut him a break, it's, like, still through gritted teeth. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm supposed to give this guy, like, more leeway, and I'm trying. I swear to you, I'm trying, Danny. <laughs> what do we think it is that he doesn't like? Small. He's not gritty enough? He's too small? Like, I mean, it's not, not, like... 
in all honesty, it's not like Morgan Frost. Like, yes, I think that this year he has played like a fine third-line center. A fine third-line center is never going to be a player who makes you go like, man, I'm excited about that guy. No, no, but on this particular hockey team, with very few players that are good, you would think the coach would be like, all right, you know, he could do some stuff. Yeah, but everybody else that he likes, all the young guys that he likes, they have something that he can point to. It's like, Owen Tippett, man, that dude is a physical freak with a great shot, and he listens to every single word I say. I like him. Noah Cates, oh, there he it is. is real friggin' smart. He's great defensively, and I, you know, like, I he does on the ice what I want him to do without even me having to tell him to do it because he's just so freaking smart. Cam York, you know what? Like, I got my issues with his California cool attitude, but he can skate, (laughs) he can score, and he's got great underlying metrics that by scoring chances, he always grades out well, so I like him. What can you really point to with Morgan Frost? Morgan Frost is a skilled guy who doesn't score as much as a skilled guy should. That's kind of what he is. That's And we always talk about, like, you can be a one-way player in this league. You're not allowed to be one-way offensively, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of that, Morgan kinda Frost. Like if, like, if you're going to pick a third, like, in your head, what is a third-line center? It's what Sean Couturier was his first couple years in the league. It's not what Morgan Frost is giving you right now. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, that's I just... That's just I mean, kind of the way. I, to, yeah, that's to just, me, to me, I like I'd be fine with a, a third line center like Morgan Frost. But you're sure. right, a lot, a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches like Tortorella probably looks at Noah Cates and he's like, "There's my third line center." Yes, exactly. Yes, um, we've talked now. It's 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 a rebuild, Charlie. Uh, they've they've said the word. We've said the word, and we've talked about what that means for certain guys. I think we all expect Kevin Hayes and Ivan Provorov to be gone. We've At talked about Travis Konechny. Maybe. Yeah. At the very um, we've talked about we've talked about Konechny, like maybe if they get a great offer, but probably not. I'm sitting here thinking about Cam Atkinson for the first time in forever the other night. Ooh, forgot about him. Uh, he, I, yeah, so did I. Uh, he's gonna be 34 years old in June. He had 23 goals, 50 points last season. He's only been to the second round of the playoffs one time. I know he's a Tortorella guy, but if he can play, like, why the fuck would he stay here? Great it's question. question. The, the Atkinson question, I mean, here's the thing. He clearly has no trade value because he was hurt all year, and he's old, and he has a big habit. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's why he probably sticks around – Plus, Torts is going to go to bat for him because he's a great dude. However, the interesting thing here with Atkinson is the fact that, like, suddenly the Flyers have a lot of natural right wings. Like, mm. I think they should trade Travis Konechny. I am not convinced they are going to do it. So if they keep him, then you got Owen Tippett. Now you got Tyson Forrester, who, like, sure looks like he's NHL ready next season. Maybe not in game one. But, like, probably by game 30, even if he does a Cam York and doesn't have a great camp, Bobby Brink's coming. He's another— like, Brink, yeah. Mm. I'm not really sure where Atkinson fits if you're going to keep Konechny. Unless you're like, well, Owen, I guess you're playing the left. Or, TK, you're playing the left. Like, they're going to have to clear out space somehow. 
And I don't know, like, what you're going to do with Atkins. I don't know. First off, I don't know how good Cam Atkins is going to be after he comes back from missing a year at age 34. That's the, like, he's got two more years at five, uh, just under six million, five point eight seven five. So, decent cap hit. You're going to, he's going to have to prove he can play if you're going to move him. Obviously, since they're not going to be, you know, really pursuing any high-end free agents, I wouldn't think, over the next two years. If you end up covering some salary to bring that cap hit down, it's not the end of the world. Um, Yeah, I just, looking at the space for him on the roster is Charlie just, and just the situation they're in, if he can play, if he's going to be healthy, why would he want to you know, spend his last couple of years in the league rebuilding the Flyers when he's never, you know, he's been to the second round one time. It was when uh, Columbus beat Tampa a few years ago, and then they were rightfully dispatched in the second round. Um, It just doesn't really seem to make sense for him to be back. It will be hard to trade him prior to the season. Yeah. But, like, say at Christmas he has 12 goals. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at with Atkinson, where, like, unless you want to just bite the bullet and buy the guy out, like, to me... Buy him what, out, yeah. To me, what you do is you, you bring him back, you hope that he's healthy, and if he plays well to start the year, you have a, a big meeting with Torts and Danny and Cam. And you're like, Cam, look, we love you. You're awesome. Like, great dude. If you want to stick around, we'll keep you because you're a great culture guy for what we're trying to build. If you want to go chase a cup, though, like, the fact of the matter is is that we ain't winning a cup the next two years. So, like, if you want to leave, we'll find you somewhere to go. That, that to me, is how this goes and how this probably goes. Do we have any idea what his health status is? Eh, he's skating sometimes. That seems he's good. He's skating sometimes. All right. He's <laughs> I'm alive. skating sometimes, uh, that's, too. That's, that's good. No, I just... Um, we've heard so much about Kevin Hayes potentially returning to Columbus or going to Columbus to uh, to be reunited with Johnny Goudreau and how that could be a good fit. Well, Cam Atkinson, kind of part of that crew. When they acquired him, it sort of felt like, oh... Paving the way more for, for, you know, Johnny guys, BC guys. Um, JK. Wasn't to be. You know, we got got every... Like, do you think he and Hayes maybe are a package deal? Like, they're kind of... I mean, don't forget, like, Columbus traded Atkinson. I mean, they would have to want him back. I think Cam would welcome it. He loves Columbus. I mean, that's where he still lives. They have such strong ties to that community. I'm sure that's probably where they're going to move back to when his career's over, regardless of where it ends. So, like, yeah, Atkinson would love that. I just don't know if Columbus wants him. They didn't want him two years ago. Uh, Like, Columbus didn't want him two years ago at the current price tag if it was, say, 50% off and now there's no more Jake Voracek. I was going to say they lost they're in a different. They're in a different situation now, too. Um, you, you make, make your star point. player happy, bringing in one of those boys. Like, I don't know. Atkinson it just seems it, like it could that. make sense. He would yeah. love it. He would love That's, it. And goal. also his ties to his ties to Columbus. Everyone knows how much he loves it there. He's like the only person I've ever heard say they ever. love fucking Columbus, Ohio. Well, Steph, too. Steph loves Columbus, Ohio as well. <laughs> Steph is a go. Columbus defender. She right. said it. She said it. Um, any chance Kiefer Bellows is brought back? He's an arbitration eligible no. RFA. He's probably I, I, 
I would be shocked. I'm just curious. Remember shocked. the time that Torts played Justin Braun at forward so that he didn't have to play Kiefer Bellows? Me thinks he yes. will not be back. <laughs> especially, I'm just asking. Especially because he's arbitration eligible. Like, and they're actually yeah. going to have to pay him a little bit of money. Like, no, they're, he to me is a no-brainer. They don't qualify him. He becomes a free agent and maybe he catches on somewhere else. He passed through waivers right, twice I want to get to Nobody wants him. No. I was just asking. Just asking the questions here, fam. Um, I want to get to these uh, Twitter questions while we still have some time. Uh, So our first one, I put this out yesterday. We got a decent number of responses. Hopefully we read yours. If not, you know, there's always next week. The show's not going anywhere. Uh, The first one is from at Jacuizzi28. Is there anyone outside the top four in this draft that Flyers fans should be genuinely excited about? And we have all the excitement about the tank um, not happening. Now they're certain they're suddenly in seventh place or seventh to last in the league. We thought maybe they could get down to fifth. It looks like they're going the other way. Anyone later in the draft that like you could actually be pumped about uh, drafting? Well, it's just like technically a six-person draft, right? Well, no, I, I think there's six guys at the top five. I think I think it's a five. four person draft in reality. If you're talking about the guys that like look like they could, the the, the guys that co- that combine, you know, they're really talented, but also like have a pretty high floor, um, which is obviously Mitchkoff, Carlson, Bedard, and um, and Fantilli. I really I haven't looked like terribly deep into the draft which i will will do once like i actually have time and i'm not covering a hockey team every day um i really like will smith um from the uh, the u.s national team development program (sighs) yes his name is actually will smith i know but can i tell you my problem here what i don't like them picking a guy that has a name that seems like a gimmick and also could do without them not picking another U.S. national development. He's got 100 That's points a, you know, for the I, U.S. national team. I kind of feel that way as well. I, I read somewhere. I want a Canadian. I, I've, I, I read somewhere that maybe he's not that fast. I have no idea. Um, uh, I, there Zach, were some... Zach Benson I also like from uh, from Winnipeg. Um, those two are probably the guys that I haven't done like my heavy duty tape watching yet, but those are the two guys that jump out at me the most as like, yeah, I'd be excited if they ended up with one of those guys, wherever they end up picking as long as it's not like in the, I enlisted. Yeah. Don't reach for them. Then I enlisted the help of our good friend, Harris. Yes. uh, Who do you say we should like? Cause like, who am I? Like how much hockey? Like I, I I don't have this kind of time, you know, I got like four jobs. Um, so Harris, yeah, Harris, you know, Broad Street Hockey's hiring. Um, Harris's first two names he mentions are Zach Benson and Will Smith. Those are the first two guys. He also mentions uh, Oliver Moore from the National Development yeah, Program. US, yeah. And um, he had some other notes here. But those those are the three he mentioned. Uh, he calls Will Smith an elite playmaker. Um, he really likes Zach's, Zach Benson's game. Says he's a dynamic skating, shifty center, and uh, Oliver Moore, elite speed. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like those skill sets. I would put I would put Will Smith on kind of the same. Maybe he's not quite as like dynamically skilled, but I would put him on the same level in terms of quality of prospect as Logan Cooley from last year. And I loved Logan Cooley last year. Um, like I think Logan Cooley. 
if you would have if the Flyers would have gotten the first overall pick last year, I would have wanted them to take Logan Cooley. I was that high on Logan Cooley. Hmm. Um, and I think there's a not, very much a non-zero chance that he ends up being the best player in that draft class. Full stop. Um, Will Smith is kind of him. It's just that Will like Logan Cooley this year would not have been in the top four because all the the top four guys in this draft are all better than he was. Like this is a better draft than last year's draft class. But I, I consider Will Smith to be like a Logan Cooley-esque prospect, and I would have been ecstatic if they would have gotten Logan Cooley last year. From uh, Baby Joda, I guess. <laughs> Do you think Torch should have participated in the dunk tank to help him overcome his fear of tanks? I just thought that was a good oh, joke. That's a um, funny, uh, funny question. That is funny. I, I thought that was a good joke I wanted you, you to You know what, I uh, Bill, to honestly, the, to answer that question, though, if the Flyers were to get like competitive under Tortorella, I almost guarantee you he would go in the dunk tank once. Like, I don't think he would do it now because, like, mm. people are just mad. But Coward! Like, like, if the Flyers were to, like, make the playoffs and everybody liked Torts, I bet he would do it. I, I think he has enough of a sense of humor that he would do it. People are mad, but they seem to like him. They do. For the most part. For the most part. Um, I just think he would only do anyone- it. He would only do it if he was was confident that it would all be good-natured. And right now, nothing Flyers related could be could be confident that it's all going to be good natured. That's good that's a fair point. Uh, this is another good question we've talked a little bit about uh, from Stackatoshi. If anyone else was named interim GM and had the exact same resume as Danny, would everyone be okay with that hire? No. Now, I'm not the most I'm not the most okay with the Danny hire. No. I think it's it could work out, but no, I I don't think that guy who ran an ECHL team on the business side, like I, I don't think people would be happy with that. He was all. I mean, that that was his start. He did ultimately end up becoming the GM of that. I know, too. but like ECHL GM doesn't. I'm sure that's a prestigious. You know, there's only so many hockey GMs in the whole hockey world. But to me, that like. Any one of us could be an ECHL GM. Bill, I, I, really, I wrote a whole article saying that like it's a legitimate concern that he doesn't have a ton of experience. Like he's he's never been the GM of anything above the ECHL. He's never been an AGM that was really in charge of shit. Like you know, like Brent Flair is in charge of the AHL team. Some people are like in charge of player scouting or player development. Like Danny was just the special assistant, which is a title they gave him because Montreal almost poached him last year. Like, yeah, it's a legitimate concern, which is why I do believe that they would benefit from hiring a president of hockey operations that has experience. Like, if if Ray Shiro wasn't Fred Shiro's son, I yep. would be cool no, with I, it. Yep. He makes sense. But also, you know what, though? We have to stop pretending that he has some kind of, like, glowing resume. True. Like, people keep giving him credit for the Devils. He did not do the Devils. Yeah, I mean, like, he, they're not good because of him. He helped. But like the thing is, is that you're, but but Kelly, you're not going to get someone with a glowing resume to be president of hockey operations because anyone no. with a glowing resume would still have a GM job. Fair. <laughs> I just want to point out, like when we talk about experience, Chuck Fletcher was a general manager of two different teams for like over a decade. He's never been out of the second round. Experience isn't everything. Um, no. From Colin Corley. 
What do you all think is a realistic return for Hayes in the possible Columbus trade, especially if they retain as much as 50% of his contract? If we're trading Kevin Hayes, is it kind of just to get him off the books, or are you actually looking for a return? Like a third-round pick? Like, I feel like you're just getting rid of Kevin Hayes to to clear Kevin Hayes. I mostly agree. I think with the caveat that it depends on how much is retained, like— if you retain 50% and he then becomes a guy with a, you know, 3.5 something million dollar cap it for the next three years, like I'd want at least like a second round pick or like an intriguing play, intriguing prospect or something. Now, if you're only retaining 20% or something, then you might have to take like a sixth and just be like, here you go. Here's Kevin Hayes. Like, a lot of it, I think, is going to depend on how... And it'll be... One thing that'll be interesting is that, like, we know this is probably going to happen. We know that is probably going to do it. This is a deal where we can get, at least get an early indication of whether Danny Breer can be a creative general manager. Mm, because this point. is a deal that will require some creativity. There will have to be retention. Or he'll have to maybe take somebody back in the deal. You know, it, it's not a... It's not an easy money launcher through Arizona. Like, yeah, like like it's a it's a doable deal, and I think they're going to do yeah. it. But it's not it's not a, a point and click deal. There needs to be some creativity, and it'll be interesting to see how Danny pulls it off because it might tell us a little bit about how he might approach the job as a whole. Um, uh, from Chris Nafee, what summer movie is everyone looking forward to seeing? And how excited is Bill for The Flash with Keaton returning? I'm not a big superhero mo- movie guy. I'll see that eventually. The only summer movie... I, I guess not a summer movie because I saw it already. Scream 6 was what I was excited for. Uh, and I keep getting promoted tweets for the Kiss movie. Uh, I want to see that now, probably because it's just brainwormed me. Uh, but anyone else have any summer movies? Kelly's a movie I person. Don't- I don't even know what's coming out anymore. I stopped paying no. attention to movies because none of them appealed to me for a very long time. Isn't there a new Wes Anderson coming out? That just like the, cra- oh, yeah, the trailer got uh, posted, I think, today. I've never been a huge Wes Anderson person. I'm not a huge Wes Anderson person, but as I think we've discussed, Charles, I like an auteur. So I'll go see a Wes Anderson movie. I am. Personally- I think Moonrise Kingdom is a perfect like 10 out of 10 movie. It's very good. I just feel like lately, without getting too off track, Wes Anderson movies have become like if you were making a parody of a Wes Anderson movie, like oh, it would he, be the hotel one. No, like, they're just yeah, like he's ver- everything's pastel, everything's perfectly symmetrical. It's like all right, he's definitely him being like he's making his movies. Like he's definitely leaned into. It. I I am personally uh, uh, my thing is I because I'm in the middle of the season, have no free time whatsoever. I cannot wait until the season gets done and I can finally, because I, I need to see this movie in a theater. I'm sorry. I cannot wait until the, till the season is done and I go to the movies and watch the new John Wick. Cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You, Charles. Cannot I still got to watch the first three. It, I, I, need, I, I, love need to see, I need to see Keanu Reeves headshotting like 100 people over a two and a half hour span. I need to see it. I love Keanu Reeves so much. Yeah, I love Keanu so much, but I've never seen any of the John... I watched, like, the first 20 minutes of the first John Wick and then had to do something. I'm going to knock them all out and hopefully see John Wick 4. The world building, fantastic. Great world building. 
So uh, <laughs> Nick Hankins asks, how do you solve the logjam of D-, D prospects and the vets signed to long-term contracts? How many of the prospects are, I don't know, actually worth like worrying oh well there's a log jam about like i want to move on from ivan Provorov. if you can figure out a way to move on from all these guys great that that to me is the number one trade Provorov. like get rid of him yeah yeah that that clears nobody no one needs him anymore he's all um but yeah i mean you've got igor zamula ronnie adderd and now emil andre you got some guys coming yeah i mean and then trade uh trade tony at the deadline bye Oh, uh, I wanted to ask this question because we got a bunch about Carter Hart while we still have some time. Uh, Obviously, it came out. He's ineligible to play for the uh, World Championships for Team Canada while the 2018 uh, investigation is still going on. How do you think this just kind of affects everything with Hart? Like, a potential trade, we've heard, you know, they're probably not going to trade him, but teams are going to call about Carter Hart. He's got you know, one year Ellie, left on Ellie his uh, Freeman's deal. Been banging, he's been banging the Carter Hart trade thing the last it couple It sounds couple like they, years. well, he's been, from what I've heard, every time I hear him talk about it, just, they love, uh, they love Sam Arison. So, if they can move on from Hart, do you think this, like... Do you think they would trade him? They'd be able to trade him before anything comes out about the investigation. Uh, I'm skeptical. Um, I got real like conspiracy theory vibes when he got hurt the other day, just because you know things have been coming out that like things are happening. My conspiracy theory vibe is like we need to start losing again. That's just the, what I thought happened. The thing, I will, the thing I will say about the Hockey Canada stuff is that there have been three, two separate occasions earlier this year where I was hearing from people that, yo, this, yo, it's going to come out tomorrow. It's going to come out in a week. And then it never did. So I, I, I am at the point where it's like, I will believe it when I see it that these names are ever going to come out because I my conspiracy theory is that Hockey Canada and the powers that be are just never going to let these game, these names come out. I mean, that's probably the most mm. likely outcome, honestly. Uh, we have a bunch of questions. Maybe we'll get to some of them next week, but there's a couple things I just wanted to make sure we hit on. Um, Ryan Ellis, four years left on his deal. Is he going to retire? Injury yes. settlement? Why, buy why out? Why like, he retire? He wants how do money. we how do we move yeah. on from this? No, he's not. Why we? He's retire? just on he LTIR, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be he's on LTIR, LTIR forever for, for the rest of his contract, and then maybe near the end, if the Flyers decide they no longer want to be tapping into LTIR because they want to actually focus on winning again, because the rebuild is nearing its end, they'll trade him to the money laundering center known as the Arizona Coyotes or wherever they are. There you go. I just, it seems like the Flyers need to just move on. Like, that would be, like, figure out a way to get out no, from they, this they don't, shadow. They don't need to move on. They just, people want them to move on because they're sick of looking at his name on Cat Friendly. That's me. I am one of those people. <laughs> um, <laughs> MLB opening day is Thursday. Lots of new rules. Uh, what's the one rule you'd institute in hockey if you could change something? Ooh, one rule. I would kill the offside review. I hate it with my life. 
No, I would kill offside. Uh, there you go. That's even better, actually. Yeah. In, in all Cherry honesty, pick right down on the goal line, baby. If if you told me I could change one rule, I, I what it would be in terms of what I think would be best for the game and be best for the Flyers in particular, I would kill the salary cap. <laughs> yes! Oh, that's, that's, that's the one. The, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I, the I was thinking on ice. Hockey. Yeah, me too. I was thinking on ice, but yeah, the salary cap is, I mean, if you don't have the money to spend, don't own a team, the end. Uh, last shit. one. Fo- following Pearl Jam night, what Flyers promotion do you uh, want to see or think they should do? Oh, get they me should an emo do Pearl night. Jam night, but play Pearl Jam songs. Play Pearl Jam songs. I was right. very, you know, I'm not that the biggest. Wild. I'm not the biggest Pearl Jam fan, but I was surprised to hear that there wasn't a lot of Pearl Jam going on. It was a very missed opportunity. And I'm going to tell you why. Pearl Jam like, fans are, the... psych- are psychos. There were people in that building who have probably not been to a Flyers game in 20 years who went there to get a fucking T-shirt because it's a Pearl Jam shirt. They're right. crazy people. They could, they had like a cover band. The bar was the most packed I've ever seen it in my life with people singing along to the music and having a grand old fucking time. All they had to do was play like a few hits during stoppages and it would have made sense. I, mean, I did like, not they hear have a, a single pretty, Pearl Jam song. They have a pretty extensive catalog. It's, the on, fucking on Pearl Chicago Jam. guy plays <laughs> Pearl Jam like every third stoppage is a Pearl Jam song. The there Pearl was an Jam on night. Charlie's website about it. Pearl Jam night should like I don't know feature nothing but Pearl Jam. That's yeah. what it I expected it was. No, no, I, I, in all honesty, like I joked about this on Twitter during the game because I did think it was funny. However, like I, I do want to make the point that it was a bad look. Like, it's is it that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? No, but what it. What it said, what what it really said was that like the the presentation staff mailed it in. Like yeah. it's it's so easy to just like it's Pearl Jam night, play a bunch of Pearl Jam songs. Like it's not hard. It's so fucking easy. Like that's the, fact, the easiest and, thing. What else yeah, would it be? Yeah. And and the that, fact that what the is fact it that then? they didn't do it. The fact they didn't do it, it just what the message it sends is that like well, the team on the ice might still be trying because John Tortorella is yelling at him, but, like, the presentation staff just didn't give a fuck. They're already checked out and waiting for summer. <laughs> like, whether that's true or not, that was my thought because it's, like, it's so fucking easy. All you got to do, like, yes, I know they fired the DJ, which they never should have done, and that was them being cheap yes. assholes, but, like, you still have somebody playing the music. It would have been very easy to just tell that person, you know, make sure this night's playlist has a bunch of Pearl Jam. Just set it up like spend 15 minutes before the game doing it and they didn't and it was a bad look just saying like i mean it does it even take that long like you just open spotify the end it doesn't even take 15 minutes they have a whole system they have all that they would have had to do some (laughs) things but like it could have been done hey get the the, get the the organ guy to show up for an extra game and have him play pearl jam songs on the organ the the promotion the promotion I want to see them do. Remember the Donald Brashear bobble gloves figure? I want a Nick Delorier. You no, know it would again. be good, honestly. Like a, a wrestling thing. Like a, a very big Lots of teams do wrestling. Yeah, they should do that. You, you crazy people would the go The crossover is so, 
so much. It's, yeah, it's like every one, every one my of my followers, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your copy of the Communist Manifesto to season past the Monday Night Raw for some reason. <laughs> uh, is that it? Are we done? The, yeah, uh, so. the tailgate's April 9th. Be there. Yes. Um, lot G. The meat. 11 a.m. Yeah, Lot G. $800 worth of meat. <laughs> the meat is going to be fantastic. There's a <laughs> Phillies game. Wrong. You don't have to support the Flyers. You can you know, support the Phillies. Exactly. It's going to be a good time, though. We're all going to be there. Uh, so that's it, right? Yep. Yeah, we're all right. And that is all the time we have for you this week on BSH Radio. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And bang, content, baby. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to have our draft uh, draft lottery, draft analysis coming up, the offseason, everything that's going on. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a second of the action here at BSH Radio. That'll do it for me, for uh, Charlie, for Kelly. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freakin' Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stro Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.